the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. The title of the message today is Things We Must Never Forget. Things We Must Never Forget. How is your memory? (laughs) I've seen Prevagen and other TV commercials saying that you can increase your memory. As well as I hear people talk about the quality of their memory. They can recall names of people they met 40 or 50 years ago. They can recall minute details of conversations and of things which happened many, many years ago. A good memory is a precious gift of God, and we should treasure it and thank God for it every day that we have possession of it. But the fact is that nothing is more characteristic of human life than the tendency to forget. Memory has a habit of playing curious tricks on us. We remember a story, but we forget when and where we heard it. We remember a single injury and forget the multitude of gracious benefits that we have received. I think you will pull through, said the doctor to his patient, but you are a very, very sick man. Please, doctor, beg the patient, do everything you can for me, and if I get well, I will give $50,000 to the fund for the new hospital. Months later, the doctor met his former patient on the street. How are you? He asked. Oh, I feel marvelous, replied the man. I have been meaning to speak to you about that money for the new hospital, said the doctor. What are you talking about? said the man. You said if you got well, you would contribute $50,000. I said that, the former patient exclaimed. Now you can see how sick I was. (laughs) Because of the human tendency uh, to forget, the Apostle Peter in 2 Peter chapter 1 verses 10 through 15, 
says to the early Christians to whom he was writing, Christians who were persecuted for their faith in Asia Minor. He said, so dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. Do these things and you will never fall away. Then God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Therefore, I will always remind you about these things, even though you already know them and are standing firm in the truth you have been taught. And it is only right that I should keep on reminding you as long as I live. For our Lord Jesus Christ has shown me that I must soon leave this earthly life. So I will work hard to make sure you always remember these things after I'm gone. Peter's referring to the truths that he had taught them, both in, in, the, in his first letter, but also at the beginning of this chapter. He's reminding them of God's great and precious promises, that as a child of God, they have the very nature of God in them, that if they add to their faith goodness, self-control, perseverance, godliness, kindness, and love, they would never fall and would receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He tells them, that they may not like to be reminded of these things because they know them already. But it is his responsibility to refresh their memory so that they won't forget. The truth is, says Peter, we always tend to forget the very things we want to remember and remember the things we would like to forget. Our memory can play tricks on us. There are things that have taken place in our lives that we would give anything to forget. Sins committed, words said in the heat of the moment, or something someone has done to us. We know perfectly well we should forget them, but we see the person and back it flashes into our minds. We may not have thought about it for, for years, and then something happens and brings it back. That's a part of the perversion of sin. It stands between us and that which is best and highest. And nowhere does it show itself more than in the matter of memory. We forget the good, but we remember the evil. Memory is something that has to be roused and, and stimulated. And it is only right, says Peter, that I should keep on reminding you as long as I live. Peter does not mean that he wants us to live on memories. We cannot live on the past. We cannot live on our memories. That is not living, that is simply existing. Trying to live back in the past as 
or to live on some wonderful experiences we've had in the past, or the bitter and angry things that we have heard and have been done to us is like attempting to walk behind or to, to walk forward while looking back at the same time. It is something that will rob us of the divine quality of life. God wants us to move forward. This is why Paul could say, leaving the things that are behind, I, I move forward to the things that are before. So Peter says, I want to refresh your memory of those principles by which you ought to live. The business of the church and the business of preaching is not simply to present a commentary on what's going on in this society. Oh yes, we may um, bring the truth of God's word to apply to the situation that we, we see. It is not simply a matter of presenting new and interesting ideas. That's not the, the point of the pulpit. We have a message to proclaim not to spend time talking about other things. The business of preaching is to remind us of certain fundamental and eternal truths which we constantly tend to forget. Let me mention two fundamental truths which we ought to keep central in our minds as believers in Christ as we celebrate independence tomorrow. One, never forget that life is a precious gift from God. Never forget that life is a precious gift from God. The Bible tells us of the greatness and the glory of life. This is different from the way many people in our society view life. They view life with cynicism. They look at all of the horrible things happening in the world and they ask, what is life? What is the meaning of it? They can see no good or no, anything good or noble about life and have therefore adopted the philosophy of let us eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. In other words, make the best of life today. Get through it somehow for there may be no tomorrow. But the Bible, on the other hand, proclaims that human life is something great and is a precious gift from God. Genesis 1, 26 and 27 says, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God he created them, male and female, he created them. See, human beings, according to the Bible, are not mere thinking animals evolved from some lower type, types of life. Human beings are a special creation of God. God made us in his own image with the ability to think and to do wonderful things that none of his other creatures can do. This means that no matter how poor and helpless we may be or we may feel, 
No matter how much we may be despised and poorly treated by the society, and there is a long history of that for us as, as people of color, in spite of all that the society does, we are somebody, for we are image bearers of the great God of the universe, the one who created us all. Our somebodiness is a precious gift from God, and we should wear it proudly and with nobility. If we don't believe that we are somebody special, if we don't believe that life is a precious gift from God, and that it is sacred, then we won't think much of the next person's life. That is at the basis of the gun violence that we see all across this country. The terrible things that are being done to human beings. Let's take, for example, the massacre of nine praying black Christians in Mother Emmanuel Amy Church in Charleston, South Carolina, some years ago. Dylan Roof, the young man responsible, did not believe that black life was as important as white life. His racism did not allow him to believe that every person's life on this planet is sacred as a sacred trust that must be treasured. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness are only for some, not for all. We see this in the recent massacres in Buffalo, New York. People simply doing their shopping and their lives were taken from them. We've seen it in Uvalde, Texas. We've seen murders in almost every major city in this country taking place day after day. The most precious gift a human being has is life itself. Indeed, the Bible tells us that life is more than the abundance of the things that we possess. Jesus says in Mark 8, 36 and 37, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Life is more than having an education. Getting married, having children, retiring after years of hard work, and then waiting around to die. It was the apostle Paul writing from prison in Rome who said in Philippians chapter 1, 20 and 21, and I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ whether I live or die. For to me, living means living for Christ and dying is even better. Life apart from God makes no sense. It is devoid of meaning. Life is a precious gift from God. And we must never forget that. But secondly, never forget the nature and the purpose of life. Listen to Peter again in 2 Peter 1, 13 and 14. He says, I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body. Because I know that I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. We are here in this world 
of time and space. We have a body, but it is only the tent in which we live. And we live for just a little while. Oh yes, it could be 56 to 78, even 100 years. We need to constantly remind ourselves that planet Earth is not our permanent home and was never designed to be our permanent home. We are pilgrims, travelers, and the world is a kind of inn in which we spend the night as we move on. God has put us here. We are not here by accident or by choice, or by chance, rather. He placed us here for a purpose. We are here to glorify God, to love him with our whole being, and to love our neighbor as ourselves, to serve people, to show compassion and love and kindness to others. Life is not just about us, but it's about the people that we have around us, that we know we ought to minister to. You see, if our purpose here is to glorify God, then what we do in this life is of great importance. Every action counts. Every moment is of significance. Our time here is precious in the sight of God. Oh, I need to remind you of these things, says Peter, so that after I'm gone, you won't forget them. The question could be raised by someone. If you say that God is the author of life, that human beings are the unique creation of God. How do you explain the state of the world today? Why the racial, social, religious, economic, and political conflicts we see every day? Why man's inhumanity to man? Why war, especially in our day as we look at Ukraine and see the, the thousands of people who are dying because of a person who wants power, who does not think about human life. The Bible alone supplies us with an adequate explanation of what is going on. It tells us that all the troubles, trials, and tragedies can be explained by one thing only, and that is sin. Jeremiah 79 says, The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? The one thing the world hates is to be reminded of sin. You never hear the people around outside of the church speaking about sin. In fact, uh, when the horrible things happen, the experts come up with all kinds of explanation for what is going on. When people kill others, it is due to mental illness. I don't want to go into the discussion that could take place about that. But the fact is that sin is the problem that we have to deal with 
in this, in this, in this world. And as Christians, we know that the real cause of the troubles that we see in our society, including the insurrection of January 6th, is sin which separates man from God and man from man. It is sin, the sinfulness of man, that caused millions of Africans to be taken from their homeland to be slaves or beasts of burden in the United States, Latin America, and the Caribbean for some 250 years. It is sin that caused Christians in the southern states to be among the most ardent defenders of slavery which led to the Civil War. It is sin, it is the sinfulness of human beings that kept black people created in the image of God just like white people that kept them out of white schools and out of white neighborhoods and out of white churches. The gospel of Jesus Christ reminds us constantly that sin produces wrong attitudes to both God and man, which eventually leads to sorrow and trouble of all kinds. There's no hope for a solution to the human problem of sin apart from the cross of Jesus Christ. What can wash away my sin, says the hymn writer, nothing but the blood of Jesus. But the next question we may ask is, what is the purpose or objective of man's life? The best answer I know is that given by the Westminster Confession of Faith. It says, the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Peter says in verse 15, I will do my best then to provide a way for you to remember these matters at all times after my death. Peter speaks of his impending death as a departure from this sinful earth. Death for the Christian is just a passing from the bondage and captivity of sin to a place where sin does not exist. Death is a departure from earth to heaven. It is a folding up of the tent and moving on, an entrance into God's everlasting kingdom. Someday, soon or later, this preacher will say goodbye to this old tent that I've been living in. It has served me well for over eight decades, but the signs of wear and tear are showing now. Memory is fading slightly. Most of the hair in my head is gone. My eyes need magnifications for wear glasses. My ears don't always pick up the soft sounds as, as easily. The tent is getting older, but it is only a reminder that soon and very soon, I'm going to see the king. Oh, I don't ever want any of us to forget who it is that sustains us each and every day that we are alive that keeps us in the hollow of his hand, that protects us from harm and danger, that helps us through life's difficult moments, and that loves us with an everlasting love. I don't 
ever want to forget the price that was paid for my redemption and our redemption, the blood that was shed for the forgiveness of our sins and the cross that was carried for our justification. Someday we will say goodbye to this old tent, the body of flesh and blood that we are living in and join fellow believers in Christ in the presence of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In his presence, there'll be no more suffering of pain, no agony of defeat, no trail of tears, no moments of misery, no days of despair, no times of trouble, and no valleys of disappointment. Seeing Jesus face to face and experience the full benefits of eternal life, is worth every hardship we have had to endure, every grief we have had to bear, every situation we have had to deal with. Who knows the next step we take could be on the streets of your gold. The next breath we breathe could be of a celestial atmosphere. The next sight we see could be the resurrected Lamb of God. The next meal we eat could be the marriage supper of the Lamb. And the next hand we touch could be the hand of Jesus. Oh, if, I, if what I'm saying is true, then it doesn't matter if we miss out here on receiving rewards for our faithfulness, recognition for our accomplishments, acknowledgments for our abilities, or praises for our leadership. Seeing Jesus will more than compensate for all the problems of living in this mortal body in a world of sin. Face to face we shall behold him. Far above the starry sky, face to face in all his glory, we shall see him by and by. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.